But let's begin in, 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 in Malachi. Let's open in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you so much again for your word. We thank you for this opportunity. We pray, Lord, that you would just use this opportunity to encourage your people. That we would understand our purpose. That we would understand the intent that we must be about. That we must be intentional when it comes to serving you. Be with us now. Bless our time together. For it's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. So in Isaiah chapter 1, now, just as a disclaimer, there is no way I'm going to be able to dive deep and pull everything out of this portion of Scripture because this is just chapter 1, and I'm just only going to touch the surface because you need to read the whole book of Malachi to understand what God is saying to his children. But we're just going to touch a little bit to introduce you to something that God is saying to his children. He is intentional. Verse 1, it says, the word of the Lord to Isaiah through Malachi. Verse number 2, God starts this way, I love you. That's intent. And then he goes a little step further and he says, because someone is going to say, he says in verse 2, I love you, said the Lord, but you ask, how have you loved? How have I loved you? Or you love us, according to that portion of scripture. And we says, he says, was not I, um, Esau, Jacob's brother, declared the Lord, yet I have loved Jacob. In other words... I chose you. I had choices. My love for you is like my hate for Esau. In other words, let's put it in terminology we would understand. If you are dating somebody, all eyes are off everyone else in the world. There's only one apple of your eye. God is saying only one apple of my eye. And I chose you. One of the commentary wrote, it was amazing why did God even chose Jacob? What about Jacob? What about me and you that God has said, I love you? And chose you. We have heard it. We are broken. We fail God every minute of the day, and yet He says, I have chose you. I select you. You're my man of business. And God is saying to Jacob, to the children of Israel, I chose Jacob. So through Jacob, through you, I'm going to bring Christ so that we in the Bahamas have an opportunity to accept Christ as Lord and Savior. I chose this path. But then he says something in verse 6. A son honors his father, a slave his master. If, I'm, if I am your father, where is the honor due? 
If I am a master, where is the respect for me? Said the Lord Almighty. In other words, if we say he is our Lord and he is our master, do our lives reflect that honor? Remember now, because when I was reading this, I, I, I realized there was a similar situation here that we sometimes face in our country and in our world. One of the things was that this story is written in such a, is, was written during the time the children of Israel has now returned from exile. So they're now back in their land. And if you know Old Testament and you know how that goes, God, they didn't listen to what God said with Moses, none of the prophets. So God says, okay, you're going to be exiled. So now God says, but I'm going to restore you to your land. And he brings them back. We have Nehemiah, building of the wall, restoring the kingdom. So for about 100 years, you've been, the people have been back in the land. That's me. Has been back in the land. And now, they somehow are now starting to question whether or not God is still God. Do we do that? In our own lives, are we still faithful to the God of the Bible? Or are we now have developed what is being suggested or being proclaimed by Malachi. He says in verse 7, sorry, still in verse 6, it says, It is you priests who show contempt for my name. And then you ask, how have you shown contempt for your name? And then it says, by offering the file foods on my altar, but you ask, how have we defiled you by saying that the Lord's table is contemptible? When you offer blind animals for sacrifice, is that not wrong? When you offer lame or diseased animal, is that not wrong? Try offering them to the governor. Would he be pleased with you? Would he accept you? Said the Lord Almighty. So God is simply saying here, you say you love me. And he's talking, he started with the priests. He says, you who should know my word, why is it that you are presenting filth on my altar? And when I understood that, because he says, you're the priest. You know, we could then say, well, that refers to the preacher. That refers to maybe a Sunday school teacher. Maybe that even refers to a counselor. Maybe that refers to Kawana leader. Don't necessarily refer to me. But according to God's word, are we not? First Peter 2, 9 says, but... You are a chosen people, 
a royal priesthood, automatically we are in this. So the question that I asked by my observation, why was the priest offering filth to God's temple? I mean, on his altar, for his answer, did, does he know God's word? What is it that is unclear about what God is asking to present? And you know what I realized? Even in that observation, what I realized was this. If we are not studying God's word, we do not know what he wants. Bottom line. Let me, tell, let, me, let me share you something that is so simple. We do it all the time in our own lives, but when it comes to trying to apply it to God, we sometimes get overly spiritual. Husbands, how many times your wife has given you an instruction to go to the food store and bring back A, B, and C? And when you get home, you bring back D, E, and F. I had a brother, every time he, he, he would be going somewhere, I would say to him, okay, so Alex, when you go somewhere, bring me a grape soda. Well, just throw that out there. Bring me a grape soda. And just as he walking through the door, I say, no, 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 no. Bring me Orange soda. You know what I'm getting, right? That grape soda coming every time. And that constant, we are living within our own homes. We give each other, we talk to each other, and we still don't get it right. So we got to talk again and again and again and again. So why is it that we feel we hear God's word preached on Sunday that is sufficient for the week? First of all, when it even preaches, sometimes we don't even get all of the points of the message. So our listening to God's word, our, our intent behavior to get into God's word is the only thing that is going to protect us from the deterioration of the world and its philosophy. Today we are running into everything from how to teach kids, what to teach kids in school, what to teach you guys are sending your kids out to some schools that don't even believe half the stuff that you believe as far as the church is concerned. Are you deprogramming when they get home? Or are we just simply saying they getting a first class education? Because if we do not compare what they are being taught to this word, In the generation to come, we don't know what we're going to get. And the sad thing about it is, it's going to be led by Christian parents to their children who did not understand God's word. You are a royal priesthood. 
understand this word. Second observation. We are offering polluted, defiled sacrifices. And our God has said to us, this is what to bring. Romans chapter 12 verse 1 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present what? You present you a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable. And God said that is simply reasonable. And how do you do that? And you be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. How? Changing of your mind. Stay focused on this word. This is the change agent of our mind. Not CNN. Not Hollywood. I'll tell you another little story. When I was dating, it's been a couple of moons ago, um, the, uh, when I was preparing this message, I had to smile because I had to go back and reflect. Listen, I've had a, a fantastic life with my wife. Oh, she's fantastic. So I had to remember because time has gone so fast. You know, right, this month makes 31 years I know my wife. And it was a funny story for me. So I took you all a quick little thing, and then we go back to the message. Okay, so I met my wife. In March of 2000, I mean in 1990, March of 1990. Sorry, I met her in February. I thought she was cute, but you know, I thought some other stuff. And then I didn't see her again until March 31st, 1990. I remember that day so vividly because it's my birthday. So she came from her church to visit my church. I always tell her, this is why the Bible said a star was in the east, because that's where my church was in the east, and she came to worship. So, so I met on the 31st. She came to my church. In April, I had traveled for a week, came back, and then I met her again, so we started dating in April. Just a week, yeah, about a week. I said to her, you're the one, she said to me, all right, we're going, we, we going with that. It was romantic, I could tell you. <laughs> September of that year, we got engaged. December of that year, we got married. Been, to married, been married now 30, 30 years, four months, and 23 days. God is good. So, so I just thought I'll throw that in there to just, so when you see her, you'll just tell her, you're still visiting that star in the east, you know, you're, you're not doing So I just thought I'll throw that in there. But here's one thing that happened. When I was dating her, I said to myself, I like flowers, let me buy her some flowers, and I send it. And it came to work, she called me, she said, Terrence, saw the flowers, thank you so much 
flowers, beautiful, good. Later that day, I picked her up, and she said to me, because she was really, really gentle with me, she said to me, now, Terrence, the flowers are nice, but you don't have to do this again. I said to her, yeah? She said, no, it's really nice, but you know, flowers really isn't my thing. I said, oh, okay. So, me being the man that I am, I only heard half of that. <laughs> I only heard, I didn't, you didn't have to bother with flowers too often. I didn't hear, don't do it again. <laughs> so again, I came and I bought her, a couple of months later, bought her some more flowers. And I didn't get a call during the day. Picked her up. And she said to me, okay, so let me explain one more time. <laughs> Do not, you don't ever have to buy flowers for me. It's not my thing. And I'm thanking God for that because economically that has saved me so much money. <laughs> over my years of 30 years of marriage. But my point being is this. She was clear as to what she wanted and what would please her. Our God is clear as to what he wants from us, then why do we still give him filth? Why are we prepared to give our gifts and not our heart? Because, you know, it's easier to give a gift. But he don't want the gift. He wants you. Why are we prepared to render the Caesar Everything unto God, partial thing, whatever left over. We work in Caesar's job 40 hours, 50 hours, 60 hours. Even if he says, come on Sunday, we figure out a way to get there. But the pastor called a prayer meeting. Okay, that could leave that. Because this ain't about blame. All I'm trying to say to you, are we intentional about our gifts to the Lord? What are we putting on his altar that he should be pleased with if it isn't from our full intentional lives? Let's conclude. I read it before. Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you. For me, I want to beg you. 
that represent our bodies, our mind, our heart, our soul, our being, our existence, our everything as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. Parents, you are a priest. You're the one that will ensure if you do not be intentional about getting God's word into your children's heart, it's going to be a struggle. Let me tell you what I mean by that. And because, you know, this, this, this one is passionate to me. How much time per week do you spend with your children? When I say with your children, not you all in the same room. I mean intentional looking at them and, and, and expounding God's word. I'll give, a, I'll give a little story. My wife, my, 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 my daughter, my oldest daughter is 26. My youngest daughter is 22. Um, they work with my wife. You know, every single day, she is saying to them, I saw, I, saw, I, saw, I saw you hanging out with that fellow, or I hear you making a phone call to him. He loved Jesus. You see them, see them through there, they're rubbing their head and all kind of thing. You, 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 he loved Jesus? He saved? Listen, it, it, it just don't happen. It, it's intentional. You got to be almost every blessed day pointing who God is back to your children. It just don't happen. Why? Because you don't even occupy the time that Satan is using through all of the devices and the media and social media. And how many of you guys know how much hours a day your children spend just flipping the social thing on TikTok and Facebook and just scrolling? You know it's so bad right now. People get shoot on Facebook and we don't say, don't let don't let's watch that. You know what we say? Come, let me see. We are so desensitized that it's just like an everyday. We don't know, we, we ain't that sensitized to this word. So I beseech you therefore, brethren. I beg you, brethren, sistering, children, be intentional about this word. Everything you do pass the standard of what the word of God is saying. We don't have a right. We have been bought with a price. So we don't have a right to not do what God has asked us to do. How is that going to change? By the renewing of your mind. The way we think when we, before we got saved to now, we got to change our mind because our God don't think like we think. You are going through some trials. It's amazing how God does perfect us, eh? Through the trials, he's perfecting us. Sometimes our testimony is the best testimony when we're in 
where we figure we cannot be used of God. And we walk somewhere and someone says to us, how you doing? And we say, oh, by God's grace, I am getting through this. And they say, what grace are you talking about? And you could share where you are to where he wants you to be. That's how God works. So we got to change our mind by the renewing of mind that we may prove that we are a good, acceptable gift to be laid on his altar of sacrifice and he is pleased. Because when we do that, we will get those words, well done. Well done. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you again for your word. We thank you, Lord. Lord, we may have and at times disappoint you because our sacrifice is nowhere near what you are asking us to bring. At times we bring what we think you would like. At times we bring what others say they think would be good for God, but your word declares what is good for you. May we know your word enough to do, thus said the Lord, and present our bodies, our mind, our being, our existence as a living sacrifice that you would indeed be pleased and that you would then say at the end of life's journey, well done. We thank you and we praise you for it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen.